I'm exhausted. Singing with a mask on takes everything out of you, don't it? Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 32 through 44. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep, so the Jews said, see how he loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take the stone away. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for being able to sing praises in, to your name and to recognize, Lord, that you are the one who we look to for hope. We ask, O oh Lord, on this day that as we proclaim this word, that you will give me your thoughts to be my own, and that you'll speak what we need to hear this morning. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Timing is everything. Being at the right time, at the right place, for something to happen is important. Can you think about things in your life that happened because you just happened to be just at the right time, at the right place to meet somebody or to have a job interview or to meet your spouse or to do something that affected the rest of your life. When people talk about timing, they often talk about windows of opportunity. The assumption here is that your opportunity starts here and ends here, and if you don't take advantage of it, after that, it's gone, that that window has passed and that you just have to wait for the next window of opportunity to come around for you to be able to take advantage of it. But once the window is closed, the assumption is it's too late for you. You missed it. You missed that chance. In our scripture today, everything points to a missed opportunity. Lazarus had fallen ill 
And his sisters, Mary and Martha, had sent word to Jesus that he was very sick. Now, we have to understand that they didn't have Snapchat or Instagram or texting back then. So, sending word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick required somebody to physically get up and travel more than a day's journey to where Jesus and his disciples were and then finding them so that they could tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick. You see, Jesus had been in the area just a day or two earlier. He had been there not that long ago. But the Jews had tried to stone Jesus for proclaiming that he was the Son of God. So the disciples and Jesus had left the area, and they were now past the Jordan. They were in an area about a day's journey from where Lazarus lived. And so whoever came with the news that Lazarus was sick would have had to travel a day and then, like I said, find Jesus to tell him the news. When Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, he told his disciples, this will not lead to death. Now, if you heard that somebody that you care about and you love was very ill in the hospital, what would you do? You'd immediately try to call or visit You'd immediately try to be there for them and find out what you could do for them. You would definitely pray for them. You would do something to be by their side if you could. But the scripture tells us that Jesus and his disciples remained where they were for two more days. Two more days. They were doing ministry in the region of Perea, which was past the Jordan where John the Baptist had done his ministry, and Jesus did not seem in any hurry to get back to Lazarus. After two days, he turned to his disciples and said, Lazarus has fallen asleep. It's time for me to go wake him up. And his, his disciples were so dense that they said, oh, if he's asleep, he'll be okay. He'll just wake up. And so he turned to them and he said, no, 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 you don't get it. He's dead. He's dead. Lazarus has died. We got to go back there now. I got to go back to Lazarus now. And his disciples looked at Jesus like he was back crazy and said to him, we just came from there, and they tried to stone you. Don't you remember what happened? You got run out of town. Bethany was only two miles from Jerusalem. This was danger territory for Jesus. This was where they wanted to crucify him and eventually did. And so his disciples looked at him like, you, you want us to go back to where? To Bethany. Where Lazarus has died. The idea was so crazy that Thomas, who was called the twin, told his fellow disciples, we're not going to convince him. Let's just go with him and die over there. Let's just go with him and die over there. We're not going to convince him not to do otherwise. We know the master. When he gets his 
his heart set on something, he's going to do it. Let's just go with him and we'll just die over there. He, he didn't have much hope that it was going to go well in this trip. You ever felt like that? Jesus says, go here, and you're like, but it's not going to go well. And Jesus said, go anyway. I'm going with you. And he invites us to go. And that's what happened to the disciples when Jesus arrived at the area where Lazarus lived. He had already been dead for four days. Four days. How do you get that math? He clearly died as the message was coming to Jesus over a, a day plus journey. And then two days Jesus waited and then a day plus to return. There you got your four days. Lazarus had clearly already died by the time Jesus heard that he was sick. And he gets there and we're told that he had already been buried. He had already been put in the tomb. People had already been mourning him for days. The amount of days is actually really important in the scripture. Because we might not realize it, but in Jewish tradition, they believed that the soul left the body at the moment of death, but did not depart from it, that it continued to try to somehow come back into the body, which was lifeless now, and it could not do that. But that after three days, the soul returned to God. So by being four days away from the date of death, this was going to be something that nobody could argue was anything but a miracle. This man had been dead four days in the tomb. The scripture says that as Jesus arrived, at a moment when clearly there was nothing to do but mourn, according to those there, Martha heard he was coming and she left the house to go meet, meet him on the way. Mary stayed behind. If you've ever had somebody pass away, you know why somebody stayed behind. The house was full of people. There were mourners. There were people there trying to console the sisters. Somebody had to take care of the guest at the house. Somebody had to be there. And so Mary stays behind. Martha goes ahead and she finally gets to Jesus and she says, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. What was she saying with these words? There was a window of opportunity. What took you so long? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. I have seen the miracles that you have done. I have seen you open the eyes of blind people. I have seen you have lame people walk. If you had only been here, you would have healed him. He would have never died. But then in the second part of her response, she shows that she still believes in Jesus. But I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. You know, sometimes we don't know what to say at funerals when we meet somebody who's lost a loved one. But what Jesus says is something that 
Most of us who are believers are very comfortable saying, he says, your brother will rise again. Now, when we say it, what are we meaning? We're saying, you know, when that day of resurrection comes, we're going to be all together in heaven. We're going to see all those that we've loved that have believed in Jesus Christ. But Jesus did not mean that. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, yeah, I know. On the day of resurrection, we'll all be together. We'll see each other again. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're not understanding me, Martha. I am the resurrection, and I am the life. And those who believe in me will never die. And then he asked her a very difficult question. Do you believe this? Now think about this. Your brother is in a tomb not far away. He's been there four days, and Jesus is asking you if you believe that he is the life and the resurrection. If you believe that he is actually the giver of life. And Martha responds, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Did you notice that her answer didn't exactly fit the question? She didn't answer I believe that my brother will rise right now. She answered the question, I believe in who you are. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that was sent from God. I believe in you. I put my faith in you. It was a word of praise and worship of Jesus and believing in what he represented and the life that he came to bring, but it was still short of an acclamation that her brother would be raised right now. Well, Martha went and called her sister Mary, who I said was back in the house with all the mourners. And by the way, if you didn't know, back then, you know, they even hired people to come and cry at your, at your, you know, at your funeral and your wake. They even hired mourners to cry with you. It was part of the community experience. When somebody passed away, the whole community joined together in mourning. And so Mary gets up to run to Jesus, and everybody that's in the house goes, oh, she's upset she's going back to the tomb. Let's follow her. There's a mini sermon in here. You don't go to where death is. You go to where life is. She doesn't go back to the tomb where her brother is laid. She goes back to Jesus, who is the giver of life. There are times in which we have to choose which one we go to, and we often go to the mourning and the sadness and the grief instead of going to the one who can turn our sadness into joy. Our mourning can be wiped away by the joy of the morning. Mary went. She went to Jesus, and just like her sister, she said, if you had only, if you had only been here, my brother would not have passed away. At this point, Mary's crying. Martha's crying. All of the people that came with him are crying. 
And the scripture says that Jesus was so disturbed in his own spirit and moved that he wept with them. You know, these are the moments in which we understand that Jesus knows our griefs. He understands our sorrows. He knows what it is to lose a loved one. He knows that grief and that moment of feeling like they're gone from you. It is a moment in which we know that his full humanity is on display because Jesus is moved by what's going on around him. He still is moved by our tears. He still is moved by our grief, and he still is moved by our prayers. Jesus asked to see where Lazarus had been laid to rest. And the scripture says that they led him to the tomb, a cave with a big stone covering the entrance. And in that moment, Jesus again was overcome with emotion and he wept. Some say he wept because he knew that he was about to bring Lazarus back into this life, which is full of turmoil and troubles and sickness and difficulties, and that he knew what waited for Lazarus on the other side. And some say he wept because he felt the pain of all of those mourners around him who were weeping and sad for their loss. And some said that it just showed how close Jesus was with Lazarus. That he was that close that he would be brought to tears thinking that he had passed away. But even as some thought that, others in the crowd began to question, what took him so long? What took him so long? Couldn't the one who opened the eyes of the blind man not have kept this man from dying? What were they saying? They were saying the window of opportunity has been missed for a miracle to happen in this place. Do you ever feel like your window has been missed? Do you feel like it should have happened and it hasn't happened and you're, you're about to give up because you feel the window's come and gone? The crowd there certainly felt that if Jesus had arrived earlier, things would be completely different. Their faith was enough to believe that he could have changed the course of this whole story, but that now, somehow, it was too late. And the crowd clearly knew about Jesus' miracles. Some of them might have even witnessed some of them. But Jesus was still greatly disturbed as he stood before the tomb. And then he asked one of the craziest questions of the scripture. Can you roll that stone away from the entrance of the tomb? This is when Martha stepped and said, you don't want to do that. You really don't want to do that. He's been dead for four days. We can smell him out here. You don't want to roll that stone away. How many times are there things on the way of our miracle, things that need to be rolled away, things that need to be removed in order for God to do something miraculous? 
You see, the rolling away of the stone was not just physical. It was spiritual. It was an act of faith. It was saying, if we roll the stone away, Jesus can do something even at this late hour. Because Jesus is never late. He's never late. There's no such thing as a missed window with Jesus because Jesus is the one who can do all things at all times by the power of God. But the question is, are you, are you able to believe that he can do it when Lazarus has been dead for four days and he stinks? Are you able to believe enough to roll that stone away. And Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And I want to ask you, do you want to see the glory of God? Because if you want to see the glory of God, there are stones that have to be rolled away. There are things that have to be removed in order for us to experience and see the glory of God that he has prepared for us on the other side. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Jesus needed them to put their faith into action by rolling the stone away. So they did. They removed the stone, and Jesus said a prayer out loud so that the crowd would know that the Father had heard him. Father, thank you that you always hear me. I'm just saying this so that all of these people behind me will hear me. So that they will know that you have sent me. So that they will know that what I'm telling them is the truth. Thank you for hearing me. And then he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And to everyone's surprise, just like we saw demonstrated, he came out hopping. Because he was bound with those, those strips of cloth that they bound people with before they buried him. He was still had his head covered with a cloth. And he came out like, what's going on here, you know? And I wonder how many people in that crowd passed out. You know, this was like something out of Halloween, right? Horror movie or something. I mean, he comes out and all those people that have been mourning for four days are going... Okay, I got to stop drinking. I got to give up anything that will alter my perception of things because that guy has been dead for four days. And now he is standing there before us. And Jesus said, just untie him and let him go. Lazarus was standing right before them alive again. They could not deny the miracle for the miracle was standing before them. When you roll away the stone, the glory of God shines in such a way that nothing can cover it up. It shines so brightly that everybody sees. And the hope is that it'll bring them to hope and believe that Jesus Christ is never late that there's no opportunity window that he has ever missed, that he arrived exactly when he intends to and does exactly what he planned. The story of Lazarus serves as a precursor to Jesus' own resurrection. It foreshadows what is to come because Jesus, too, was in the tomb for three days before he was raised from the dead. But this story also shows us that before tasting death, Jesus experienced the grief that happens on the other side with the living. 
He was able to experience firsthand what it means to lose someone you love. He was able to see the tears and shed his own tears. And in my opinion, this showed us that Jesus really knows the full gamut of our existence as human beings. He wept. In my opinion, not just for Lazarus, not just for Mary, not just for Martha, but for all who would witness and mourn his own death and all those who would experience mourning because they lost a loved one. He felt their pain and still feels our pain. He understands our sorrow, yet he offers us hope. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Those who believe in me will never die. Today, I hope this story has inspired you to believe even when it seems like it's the ninth hour, even when it seems that it's past too late, even when it seems that there is no hope, even when it seems that it gets impossible. Because for Jesus, there is no impossible. Lazarus was raised from the dead, not just for his sake, but for the sake of all those who saw him and were brought to faith. All those who met him days after this and were able to know that this was the man who was raised by Jesus from the dead. He became a living testimony to everyone from there on out until his natural death came. Think about that. When you ask God for a miracle, just know that you're not asking just for yourself. You're asking to become a living testimony to the power and the mercy and the glory of God. And when you receive your miracle, be like Lazarus. Go out and show yourself to the world. Let them know that Jesus did it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, O oh Lord, because it is a word that really challenges us to believe in you even when we don't see a way through. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will help us to roll away the stones of unbelief in our lives, those things that would keep us from seeing your glory, those things that would keep us from experiencing your miracles, those things that would keep us from following Jesus wherever he leads us. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will help us to commit ourselves to you anew today, that we will seek you every single day, and that we will continue to trust that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that he is life and the resurrection. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today the altar is going to be open. If you want to pray by yourself, you can come to the reserve section between the greens. If you want to be prayed for uh, by our prayer team, you can come to anywhere else on the altar. Today, I want to invite you to remove the stone that is keeping you from receiving your miracle. Whatever it is that is keeping you from seeing the full glory of God, I want you to turn it in, move it out of the way, and let God show you his glory.